Greeny with Mike Greenberg, the podcast. Back and better than ever, Greeny presented by Progressive Insurance. Loaded up today, ladies and gents. It's go time in Green Bay. I can solve one NFL team's biggest problem. We're going to try to save the NBA. And as for baseball, I'm not sure they deserve to be saved. The hashtag crew is assembled. Let's do this. Here we go. Only one place to start. Higher than the one place to start is my favorite place right here in our studio. We just wrapped up a spirited two hours on TV, and I am delighted that Bart, a.k.a. Bartholomew Scott, and Diana Russini are good enough to hang out and spend a little extra time. Thank you both, guys. I always appreciate it. It's great to be here. If I had a more sophisticated name like Bartholomew, I think I'd have more credibility in this business. <laughs> is Diana, it's not short, for, uh, Diana's a full name, right? There's, Diana's not short for anything. I mean, I have a full name because I'm Italian Catholic, so I'm, you know, what Diana Giovanna Marie Rossini. Dia- Diana Giovanna Marie Rossini. Oh, I like that you know, a lot. There's a lot going on. All right, fair Good. enough. Uh, All right, she, okay with you? And I she, like that. She is in studio with the Straight Talk, brought to you by Straight Talk Wireless. No contract, no compromise. And let's dive right into where you started us uh, in outstanding fashion this morning, Diana, and that is with the tentacles. You said that the expectation is that we will get a Rodgers decision, an Aaron Rodgers decision, relatively soon. And with him, who knows? I mean, he sort of lives on his own time. But, but days, not weeks. And but you then said there are quite a few tentacles to this story. Let's pick it up from there. Yeah. So so we'll start with Aaron's going to make this decision soon. He's going to inform the Green Bay Packers what his plans are here, whether he's going to return to be a Green Bay Packer or if he's going to request a trade. What would happen then? Let's say it's the latter. He requests a trade. The Packers would then have to a agree to it. And then if they were to find a team, that team would have to be in sync with what Aaron would want. You have to figure he probably has a list of teams that he would like to play for. I'm sure there's also a list that he would not like to. Um, Then you have compensation. You have packages that need to be put together. Bottom line here, Mike, is a lot has got to go into this if this trade were to happen. Mm -hmm. And while teams are doing everything they can to get ready for this, and look, things can move fast at times, this this could take a little bit longer than we think. But in terms of his decision, I was told that this is imminent. Okay, because the, the combine is next week. Yeah. And to be clear for anyone who doesn't know, the combine, the, you know, the, the draft process uh, thing in Indianapolis is where all the GMs go, all yeah. the scouts go, all the executives go, and all the agents go, and a lot of business generally gets conducted there. So it would behoove the Packers to have a sense of what they're doing when they get there. Bart, here's what I want to ask you. As one who played for a long time, and players know stuff the rest of us don't know, there's a school of thought. There are people out there who believe that Aaron Rodgers and the Broncos have known for over a year at this point that that's where he's going. And every action they, meaning Denver, has taken since the season ended points to that. They hired his offensive coordinator as, as the coach and all the rest of the things that they have done. So is it conceivable in your mind that when Rodgers says, I'm looking forward to making my decision, that one way or another, he doesn't already know what it is he's going to tell the Packers he wants? Of course he knows, right? And That's he, what I mean. He, I mean we, we so what always, the hell is he waiting for? We, we always know, right? He's waiting for timing. He's drawing it out a little bit. And when you talk about you know, the things that they made last year, the, the last dance and all the things that they put out there, listen, that was symbolism for really what he was feeling. And he probably came, they probably came to this deal saying, listen, Next year, I want to be able to have the opportunity to leave. I'm not sure. They tried to do everything that they could do to repair the relationship, and they were hoping that it would end with a Super Bowl to make it more difficult for Aaron Rodgers to leave. But I think, you know, he knows, and players know, like, listen, the run here is over with. We got to address too many young um, 
contracts. We got to move too many things around. And I, I believe that he knows that he's going to leave. And I, I think the best destination, and sometimes being at a place for a long time, it just gets stale. Mm-hmm. We saw it with Tom Brady. We saw it with Peyton Manning. I know Peyton Manning was more for an injury. But at some point, you want to move on. You want to try something new. You want to you know, go into a different locker room. You want to kind of be around different guys. And when you, when you look around the NFL, the Denver Broncos have one of the best rosters in the league, a league that is just missing a good quarterback to go next level. And you know they have also the assets to be able to give up because I believe if Green Bay wants to trade, they're going to need some players that can play right now because that means Devontae Adams isn't going to be there. And with that being said, that means that Alan Lazard is not under contract. That means that Scanlon isn't under contract. They don't have any uh, receivers even under contract next year. So why not go to a place like Denver who has a lot of you know receivers that have depth at that position? And then A.A. Ron can say, okay, you can, you can take maybe Sutton. You maybe can get Hamler. Okay, we got Jerry Judy out here. We got Noah Fant, an outstanding tight end. And then do all that only to do what you know, do what um, Tom Brady did and bring his guy Devontae Adams with him. <laughs> right. So maybe he can do that and orchestrate that because right now Denver is all about championships. This is one of the proudest organizations. They have three titles underneath their uh, and they're, they're, they're budding and have the team around them to go for a fourth one. They can do everything great. John Elway's done everything great other than be able to draft a quarterback so he has to go get one because, listen, all those other guys did not work out. Right, but, but, but what he did was recruited Peyton at the exact right moment, and Peyton came into Denver and had the best season in NFL yep. history in his first year, and they did ultimately win a championship, and maybe Rodgers does the same. Greeny, Diana, and Bart presented by Progressive Insurance with insurance for cars, homes, boats, motorcycles, RVs, and commercial vehicles at 1-800-PROGRESSIVE and Progressive.com. It's really a fascinating setup we have here, Diana, because one of two things is going to happen. In the next, let's call it two weeks, the Green Bay Packers are either going to solidify themselves as the team to beat in the NFC, or they're going to be in the midst of a total rebuild, at the beginning of a total rebuild. That's what's at stake. I want to dive through a couple of other things we didn't get to on TV. Diana, I liked your take on Mitchell Trubisky today. I find him a fascinating person. In a world where Rodgers is Rodgers, but maybe Russell Wilson stays where he is. Maybe Jimmy Garoppolo stays where he is. All these quarterbacks we've talked about moving, maybe they don't. Trubisky's an interesting piece, and you brought up his relationship with the Giants' new coach, Brian Dayball. It feels like a long time ago, but it really isn't. Mitchell Trubisky was a far more highly touted prospect Mm -hmm. than Daniel Jones was. He was the second pick in a draft. So the idea that the Giants might go get Mitch Trubisky and that he would be their starting quarterback this year, I kind of liked it. Yeah, I think if anything, you're always going to want competition at the quarterback position anyway, right? And, And, you know, the Giants, I think we could say, they're lukewarm on Daniel Jones. I still feel like we don't know the answer there. That's probably right. one of the they biggest don't. question marks. Um, and it, it is difficult. I understand the the position they're in because it is difficult to see because you see some talent there, you see some strength, but we've also unfortunately seen a lot of interceptions thrown and and a lot of fumbles, right? A lot right? of, a lot of fumbles. turnovers and yeah, injuries that's, 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 and he's hurt right. and injury, and that's that's why you have to get a viable backup. Mike Lennon was not the answer no. because we know that Daniel Jones also struggles with being available as well. So you want somebody that also your backup. You you want him to be able to push your starter, but you also want him to be able to lead the offense and be comfortable within the offense. So you want somebody also that can be a mentor and a teacher to Daniel Jones but as he, well. But, but you're, uh, to me, you're not even going the way I'm going. I, I think Mitch Trubisky is better than yes, Daniel yeah. Jones. I think he's a I, better I, I, option well, right now. Well, I don't. He I, had one year. The, Mitch Trubisky's mm-hmm. best year in the NFL was better yeah. than any year Daniel Jones has had. Yeah, but he had a better supporting cast as well. Now, listen, I'm a Daniel Jones fan, but I'm also believe that Mitchell Trubisky can repair his his 
his career here. And I think if you look at Ryan Tannehill and what he did lurking behind Marcus Mariota, mm-hmm. I think that, you know, Mitchell Trubisky would see blood in the water as well, saying, hey, if I can come here, the most popular person on any team is always the backup quarterback. If he can come in and they can get some type of RPO stuff with Saquon Barkley and be able to open the running game because he opens the running game as well. I know that Daniel Jones has shown that he can run with his legs as well, but Mitchell Trubisky is a little bit more athletic for the RPO He's game. He's like too. a mini Josh Allen. Uh, Mitchell yeah. Trubisky is like a, a poor man's Josh Allen. Yeah, I, yeah, no disrespect to you, Mitchell there, but well, no, yeah, but, uh, and, and, and just, Josh Allen's a very rich man. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> very rich, very good, and very big. <laughs> That's what I mean. Uh, very large man, but um, you know, with Mitchell Trubisky, just. Even I don't think you should downplay even the comfort in the Dable system. Yeah, you know, just having that one year is such a big advantage, which I think we'll, we'll we're going to see at camp. I think this is going to be one of those quarterback battles that that could be really fun to watch yeah. because. Uh, you know, what if Mitchell Trubisky comes out and lights it up? Yeah, but it depends uh, on what the Giants. The Giants could have a problem there. What it depends do? on what you want, right? And listen, I think you put Daniel Jones in a in a position to say, "Hey, we giving you your position for your first four years. Now you have to go win it. it yeah. You got to win it against a guy that really has the leg up on you because he knows the offense." But I think Daniel Jones still presents more of the football field because his arm talent is better as far as down the field. Yeah. I think he has a tremendous arm down the field, but if you're t- looking to live in the intermediate world, I think then you know you go with Mitchell Dubisky. But if you think you want to be able to open up and be able to get big shots like Josh Allen using that big arm for you know, a receiver and Kadarius Toney, who I think is ready to go back, and let's see if Kenny Galladay can kind of be who they expect him to be, yep. you're going to want somebody like Daniel Jones that can be able to deliver the football on a rope for 70 yards. Greeny and Bartholomew and Diana here. Let's make this Straight Talk brought to you by Straight Talk Wireless. A lot of this, to me, hinges on the Russell Wilson of it all. And we'll finish with this, Diana. What is what the people you talk to? I feel like I get a different story on this every single day. One day Russell Wilson's staying in Seattle. The next day he's definitely going to get uh, sent someplace else. What 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 are you hearing about Russell Wilson? If it was a year ago, I swear I'd be like, Greeny, this ain't going to work. Th- yeah. This is not going to work. But I what feel is like this? this relationship has been repaired. Oh, the oh between him and between Carol. Russell Wilson. Yeah. And, and the Seattle Seahawks, both sides were willing to move on last year, right? We, we, yeah. we know the agent put out the names through Schefter and even talks I had around the league and, and including with sources inside the Seattle Seahawks organization, it seemed like they were willing to take calls. They were picking up the phone. So, so I don't know why they wouldn't take calls now. I mean, because listen, listen, out here you know, in New York, we love – Seattle, right? Because they're the gift that just keeps on giving. I mean, they give us another first-round draft pick for Jamal Adams yep. as well. So I don't know how Seattle can close the gap on Arizona. I don't know how they close the gap on the 49ers. I don't know how they close the gap on a, on a Super Bowl champion, you know, Los Angeles Rams, with no draft equity and without the ability to really sign, you know, free agents. Nobody's running out to go live in but Seattle. this is what happened last year when when I was having conversations about, tra- you know, the, the Seahawks trading. It it was who's the, who's going to be their quarterback. That yeah. was their biggest issue. I think they would have dealt him if they had an option. And they're 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 stuck in a situation where they want to make that work. And and you know I think Russell Wilson would be open to it, but it seems that he wants to make this work. I spoke with Tyler Lockett, one of his obviously top receivers, and he said I expect Russell to be here. Like he said it very casually, very just you know. Of course he and, does. And, and look, we, yeah. we we know it's a business and things can happen behind the scenes. Yeah. Who you know receivers are not going to have any play in that or hand in that, but. I think that tells you a lot that the team 
thinks that's going to happen. You know, I think if, if he didn't think that Russell Wilson was really going to be returning I mean, I next mean, you, year. You, you never see it coming, right? Listen, revenge is the dish best served cold. And I think Russ wants to cook somewhere else because, listen, I think it just hasn't worked out. I don't see any scenario where Seattle was a real contender to win that division because every other team was within their prime with outside of the, the um, Los Angeles with a young quarterback, which allows you to put a lot of great pieces around. Listen, they got Dwayne Brown. He's an older player, right? I think that window's closed. They got to address Metcalf's contract in a minute. That defense is horrible. That's one of the worst defenses I've seen in years, and they, and they, and they can't really improve it because guess what? Jamal mm-hmm. Adams still cost them another first-round draft pick, so they can't get, get any high-end talent. And it's not a lot of people that want to rush out to go live in Seattle. I can remember seeing, I forget one of the uh, Tualor, one of the linebackers out mm-hmm. there, man. I went and I, we were playing him and I saw him in the mall. And I was just like, hey, how you doing, man? I, I swear, I wanted to give him the, the number to the suicide line, man. He was like, it's like this every day. <laughs> yeah, I had the same like, conversation with place. a player there yeah, as well. It's a place that's depressing to live there. So, I, like, I it's not there. like, how do you, how do you improve it's, it? It's actually beautiful. Yeah, it's two a, months the, out the year. It, no, it's it, they. Okay, I feel three. like they sell it worse, so you, we don't move there. You, I'm look, talking look from where I'm, we live. I'm, I'm We're ta- on top of each other. I'm talking about talking to players there that that play there. The dude was depressed. Looked no, like there's... I wanted to give a a hug. So Seattle I'm, was once described as the pesto of cities by Jerry Seinfeld, and I I think we'll just sort of leave it at that. Straight talk, wireless, no contract, no compromise. I appreciate both you guys. Thank you, Bart. We'll hear you, Bart and Hunt, coming up and. A little less than two yeah. hours. We got Baby Buddha with us, man. As uh, Alejandro is out there getting some vitamin D or some sun, you know, I'll be out there with Baby Buddha. I love it. Chris Carlin will be here. Diana, always such a good to have you back from L.A. Yes. Good to have your voice back, and oh, obviously yes. we'll have stories as we go. Debatable. Hey, tune into the ESPN Daily Podcast, bringing you a deep dive into a single story from one of our hundreds of reporters. It's presented by Supercuts. It's available wherever you get your podcast. Coming up, the first true words of baseball's labor dispute were spoken yesterday, and they bode very, very badly. And you will hear them next. I'm Greeny, and this is ESPN Radio. Greeny, the podcast. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors. I do, you do, we all do, big, small. And when we keep them bottled up, as I sometimes have had happen in the past, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who've experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Greeny, G-R-E-E-N-Y. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. 
Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Greeny rolling along with you on ESPN Radio, presented by Progressive Insurance. In 30 seconds, you will hear the first true words that have been spoken in the baseball labor negotiation, and uh, you're not going to like them if you're a fan of baseball. Uh, I'm going to get to that after a word from ZipRecruiter, but very quickly, we had an interesting moment here. Nuno and Bubba, as the assembled members of the hashtag crew are together, an interesting thing happened here. I just want to get your read on this. So at some point, I have stuff I have to do right after the show today, so I need to get some food delivered while we're on that I'll eat during a break because I'm not going to have time for lunch in between. It's not important, but sometimes when I do that, I'll, I'll order food for everybody in the room. You know, it gets delivered, whatever. So I ask Kimbo, I ask everyone in the room, anybody want anything to eat? Jenny, who works on our staff, Jenny Asetuna, who do, does a terrific job with us, has been off for two weeks now, she's just back. She just pops her head in and yells, Greeny, order me soup and a banana. Now, I just ask you, is that an unusual order? Like, has anyone ordering from a deli? Do they deliver a banana? Like, can I call them and say, like, and would anyone eat a banana without being able to choose it? Like, usually when you go to one of these delis, right, they got like a, a bowl of bananas and like eight out of every 10 of them are not edible. You know, they've been sitting there for like mm-hmm. a week and a half and they're all like, they're, they're clearly well past their prime. Um, prime. So what do you, uh, Bubba? Uh, you're a you're a you know a culinary connoisseur extraordinaire. What do you think of that order, Greeny? Please get me soup, a small soup, she says, and a banana. Yeah, I think it's a first. I've never heard that before in my life, uh, first time. And yeah, bodega banana, deli banana. That's not the banana I would want. No, so it's. I mean, the it's combination to begin with is weird. It's a weird combination. Never heard of it, and I don't think it's something you're going to want. So. Just hold the banana. Just stick with the soup. You'll be fine. She also didn't specify what kind of soup. So, I mean, soups. There's a lot of different soups. Just so you're basically soup. suggesting you're okay with any soup? Is, is that, Bubba? Are you, are you, if you said to me, Greeny, get me, if I said to you, Bubba, get me soup, I, I would have to know what the soup options were before I would decide on whether or not you, we're getting the you soup. You would think normally, but if you just say, get me soup and a banana, I guess you just say, I guess I'll take the soup of the day and a banana. It's a, it's a very nonspecific order. But what order in which, like, what's the order in which you eat those two items? Because, I mean, the banana is really a, a breakfast food, or in this case, a dessert. I'm, yeah. I'm, well, in which order does this Jenny, go? in what order? Because if, if I'm telling you right now, if you dunk the banana in the soup, oh. you can't work here anymore. Oh. Okay, thank God. We can't have that under any circumstances. But, I mean, the soup, if it's chicken noodle or if it's cream, of mushroom, you're fine on either one of those fronts? No. Those are two totally different things. So I'm thrown off by the... Here's the problem that has happened as I've come back to... Is I get easily distracted. So I have all this baseball, really good information that I need to get to here, but I was thrown off by a person telling me, please get me soup and a banana. Like, I can't focus on anything it's else. such a bizarre order. It's, a, it's very strange. Anyway, mm. from ZipRecruiter. The job search can be a frustrating journey filled with long, lonely hours on the computer and countless attempts to get noticed by employers. ZipRecruiter gets it. No one wants to feel alone in their job search. That's why ZipRecruiter's AI does so much of the work for you. They save you time by sending you jobs so you can apply to those with one click. And they pitch your profile to employers so you stand out. Job seekers feel the love. Sign up for free at ZipRecruiter.com. That is ZipRecruiter.com. I'm ready to go right now. Green Light, green light. with Greeny. Give me the green light. 
All right, I'm going to give myself the green light and then hand it over to Hembo. So the first true words of the baseball labor negotiations have been spoken. Pay no attention to anything they've said before and just pay attention to this. Baseball yesterday at this time of difficulty and we all understand that we are living through complicated times and everything else. Wanted to make sure everybody yesterday knew that we are just a couple of days away from canceling the start of the season. Let there be no mistake that we are now approaching a deadline and there will, these games will be canceled. They will not be postponed. They will not be played. These players will not get paid. Those salaries will never be made up. Those are the first true words that have been spoken, and they are the example. They are the perfect illustration of what I've been telling you. And that is the people who run baseball have no interest in making a deal. They have an interest in wearing the union down, hopefully, hoping the courts do not at any point intercede as they did a generation ago, and finally getting the game back to a place they think it needs to be financially. Now, I'm not making a value judgment on whether they're right or wrong. To me, it doesn't, as I've said a million times, not my business how they divide up their billions of dollars. If they can't figure that out. That's their problem. It's not mine. But those, Hembo, to me, are the first true words spoken in the baseball labor negotiations. Yeah, I think you have this right. And I guess this news really comes as no surprise. The owners are pulling, like, the oldest labor trick in the book. They just stall all winter. Then, five days from the deadline, they create one, whether it's artificial or not, I suppose we could debate it, to obviously to create urgency from a group of people they would probably de- uh, describe as desperate players. Because, obviously, players feel the lack of you know, paychecks much more than they do, especially in April, because what owners have figured out is that way fewer co- people come and watch baseball games in April <clears throat> because in most of the country, the weather still isn't very good. So they're willing to concede the first, I don't know, several weeks, month of the season, even knowing that the money that the players might miss during that period of time matters much uh, more to them than it does to the owners. Mrs. Greeny presented by Progressive Insurance. Save when you bundle auto, home, or motorcycle insurance. Visit Progressive.com. You know, at times like this, I'm reminded of something a friend of mine once said to me. He's a guy named Steve Goldman, and he's a negotiator. What he does for a living, he's a, he's a real estate executive, and he makes deals. Like, his job is making deals. Like, they, you know, his company will decide, uh, you know, we're going to buy that building, we're going to sell that building. Steve, go make the deal. And... I, I'm fascinated by that because it's so the opposite of anything I could ever do, right? You, you know me. I could never negotiate anything. So I'm, I, I remember one <laughs> night over dinner asking him, a mil- peppering him with a million questions about this. And he said to me, Greeny, do you want to know the one true fact about negotiating? The one, the one thing you can always hold to in negotiation. And I said, what is it? He said, you will get to a point where everyone in the room will know who really wants to make a deal and who doesn't? It's that. You have to, what you have to do is you keep distilling it down, distilling it down, distilling it down, distilling it down, and then you either want to make the deal or you don't. And I, th- I, that, I keep coming back to that. Hmm. The owners don't want to. They don't want to make a deal. They're in no rush. They want this thing to keep going for exactly the reasons you just described. So if, if, the, if the people negotiating on the part of the owners hear me and they say, Greeny, that's not true. We would make a deal right now. Sure. Anyone would make a deal right now on the exact terms you want. But what you're not willing to do is meet anywhere that even remotely approaches the middle, which is the same thing as not being ready to Mm -hmm. make a deal. Anyone will make a deal that benefits them. (laughs) If I look you in the face right now and I say, Hembo, I'll order your lunch and you'll pay me back. And you say, "Okay, let's make a negotiation on that. And I say, "Okay, I'll order you a ham sandwich and you'll give me a million dollars. I'll accept those terms. 
That's not negotiating. That's not a willingness to make a deal. So that's what we have here. Now, what does this mean for the sport? I'm not exactly sure. Tony Kornheiser is older than I am. I I sometimes joke now, you know, I still feel like a very young person, but I'm obviously in the scheme of the of the conversation, the sports conversation. Now, I'm I'm not that young. Certainly, I'm the oldest person in this conversation. Uh, But Tony Kornheiser is a generation older than me. So he is a sports writer of a generation where baseball was king. He, he would have come into this business at a time where baseball still, in the 70s, still kind of was the biggest sport and has since been greatly surpassed, as we know. But we don't knock baseball on the show. I'm not a fan of that. It's a cheap, easy out for too many talk shows in America. We cover baseball here like we care about it because we assume you do. So it was interesting to me that Tony said, on Pardon the Interruption yesterday, this. The greater problems are pretty simple. One is that there's no action. There's too many strikeouts, too many walks, and too many home runs at the moment. And the second part, pace of play is too slow. It's vital for sports to change with the times, to continue to be entertaining. Football changes every year. They make new rules every year, and people watch. Baseball, and the players are responsible for this, too. Baseball's a dinosaur stuck in the mud, and it's going to die unless they evolve and change these rules. That's fascinating to me. And when Tony talks, I listen. And he's right. Now, I want to ask you a question, Hembo, because when he says the players are to blame for this too, I am of the perception that the players are to blame for this primarily, which is to say I think that the, the people who run baseball – are much more willing right now to recognize these problems and to address them than the players are. The whole idea of making significant rule changes, limiting the number of pitchers, that kind of thing, pitch clocks, all sorts of, keep their butt in the freaking batter's box for crying out loud. Get up there and stay there. For cry, if you're going to kick out of that box one more time and adjust every glove and every part of your body before taking a ball two, I just can't take it anymore. Get in there and stay there for crying out loud. Call a strike a strike, umpires, and get the hell out of here. Like, I think the owners, and I think Manfred, and I know Rob a little, I, I think he sees that. I think it's the players who aren't willing to do it. Am I wrong? Yes, because... Yes, I'm wrong? You're wrong because players are merely responding to incentives. If... Front offices across baseball decide that a strikeout is the same as making an out in any other way than if I'm a player, I'm not going to worry about how much I strike out, and it is not my responsibility as a player to worry about the long-term health of the game. It is my responsibility as a player to earn as much money as possible. So if I'm a starting pitcher and I'm told, we'll pay you as much as, uh, if you get 18 outs a game as if you'll get 27 outs a game, then I'm going to throw a lot harder earlier in the game. They're responding to incentives. It's not the responsibility of the players to change the way the game is played. It's the responsibility, uh, responsibility of the league, the way that the NFL has done, to create rules so that players have to... But aren't the players not allowing those rules? That's my question. Isn't it the players who are fighting all of those rules tooth and nail? If you limited the number of pitching changes you could make during a game, then the starting pitchers would, by definition, wind up pitching longer, which would be good for the sport. We all talk about how we romanticize the, the era of the legendary starting pitcher. Mm-hmm. We don't have it anymore. Why? Because the managers have figured out the best way to win mm-hmm. is to continue to rotate guys in and out of there so no one goes through the order a third time, and I've got six guys 
in my bullpen that can throw 97 miles an hour. But if you could only go to two of them in a game, <laughs> then we would change that. They would evolve in exactly the way Kornheiser is talking So you're about. asking the union to essentially say, we're going to give hundreds of fewer jobs now because we're going to less, make less you know, relief no, there pitching be opportunities fewer available. Jobs. There's no? going to be the same number of players on a team. They just might do different things. But here's the problem. That's a chip for the league, and right now, because the sides because the sides hate each other so much, just to be totally candid, the players aren't willing to give an inch. They can't worry about how how much baseball might deteriorate in the next decade. They're worried about trying to ensure that they can make twenty thousand more dollars right now. All those changes that you and I both see as good for the game that Rob Manfred probably wants to make, he's going to have to unilaterally do on his own. That's not that's not going to be something that's likely to be collectively bargained. I don't know that we're we're. We're arguing as much as I think we're addressing two separate things. Mm. What I'm saying is, listen to what Tony said. Football adapts, evolves, tweaks. I don't know. I remember years ago, Mike and I got into an argument over, over or the definition of the term change. Mm. Like there's, there's change and then there's tweaks. Like you can change the sport. Football tweaks their sport every year, literally every year. Mm-hmm. Baseball doesn't do anything. Like baseball, in theory is playing the exact same game by the exact same rules they were when I was a kid. Has any significant rule been changed? They changed interleague play, which isn't a rule change. Like, within the framework of the game, Mm -hmm. from the moment the first pitch is thrown to the moment the last pitch is thrown, has there been a rule that has changed? They implemented uh, instant replay. Sometimes if you, uh, if, you, if you go to extra innings, they put a runner on second base to start the <laughs> yeah, ten. Right. Right. <laughs> they, did, they did that. They, but that the, was COVID. The, the three batter minimum, which has proven not to make a difference. I they, mean, they, they did that a couple of years ago. Right. So, but, so to answer your question, no. They've done nothing. I mean, if you watch a baseball game 50 years ago and watch a baseball game now, they're playing by the same rules, whereas in... And it's way worse. In every other sport. Because they found all these little loopholes Mm -hmm. within those rules to try and win, and every one of them, not on purpose, Mm -hmm. but but every one of them has made the game less watchable. And if you watch those games, because I do sometimes, you sit around and you watch old World Series Mm -hmm. from the 70s or whatever it is, look at the way the game moves along. They just keep Mm -hmm. playing. They just keep playing. And that's why it goes so quickly. And people will blame television commercials, and I get it. That's the way they're making their money. And who am I to complain about commercials? So I understand that. And and that's that's probably an insurmountable obstacle because everyone wants the money that it brings. But the action in between the commercials used to move along a lot faster than it has, even though the rules haven't changed. So change the rules to force it. And and that's... But that's not on the players. It is not on the players to say, we should lower the mound. We should limit relief or, reliever usage. We should shrink the plate. We should regulate the shift. It's the responsibility of Major League Baseball to do that, and players will then abide by but the But aren't players limit. fighting it? I, I, that's the part I'm missing. Right aren't now, they? the players are mostly fighting over economics with these guys. Like, the, players, the only reason the players are not willing to, to sort of comply with all this is because it would appear that they're making a concession, and the relationship's so bad they're not interested in doing that. Uh, can I remind you, you can try the $45 Silver Unlimited plan from Straight Talk Wireless with Nationwide 5G on America's best networks. Straight Talk Wireless, no contract, no compromise. See terms and conditions at straighttalk.com. 5G capable device required. Actual availability coverage and speed may vary. I, I I think what I'm trying to ask you is, I feel like everyone thought that expanding the playoffs was a good idea. There were all these reasons why it would work. And it was the players who blocked it. Do I have that wrong? No. And in fact, Major League Baseball, when they said yesterday that the start of the season would be delayed if we don't reach an agreement by Monday, the players said, okay, (laughs) <laughs> then we're not going to approve the expand uh, expand the playoffs. Right. So like horrific, horrific. Like that right. obviously helps everyone, including the players, because what player doesn't want to play in the playoffs and make more money in doing so? So it just doesn't make any sense. You know what this is like to use a relationship analogy? It's the worst thing you can possibly do. 
is if you've ever gone, I, I've never gone through a divorce, I'm never going to, but many people will go through a divorce and they will, you will hear from anyone involved. The worst thing they can do is take it out on the kids. They have to make, when the two sides, when the husband and the wife decide we can no longer be together, the worst thing they can do is take it out on the kids. Well, you know what? The players and the owners are right now going through divorce proceedings mm. and they're taking it out on the kids. And the game of baseball is the kids. And that's what everyone in the world should be mad about because that's the last thing in the world they should. If they really love the game, then that's the last thing in the world they should be willing to do. Amen. Coming up, today's question of the day takes us five years into the future. And I promise it will be the one thing from this show you remember the rest of the day. Greeny, the podcast. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. You ask these questions. Greeny's question of the day. So here's today's question of the day. So we are living in a really interesting little juncture in the world of sports. There's a lot of great young players. I feel like we've seen a lot of really legendary players whose careers are coming to a close, right? You look at basketball with LeBron James. You look at football where Tom Brady just retired. You look at baseball where Derek Jeter remains, I think, the biggest star in the sport some, what, five years after he retired. It's a time of transition. And so Hembo came up with what I think is a pretty interesting question. And I'm going to ask it to each member of the assembled hashtag crew. And the very simple question is, who will be the best player in each sport five years from now? And I'm going to put that to each member of the staff, each with your own little area of expertise. So, Hembo, you are going to tell us who the best player in baseball is going to be in five years. Bubba, let me ask you a question. Bubba, did you know this was coming? Have you given any uh, advanced <laughs> thought to this? This has been in the rundown since 640 this morning. Are you aware I'm going to ask you this question? Yeah, over the last segment, I've, uh, <laughs> okay. I've been really... Diving in. I'm relieved to hear that so that you will have a response. And Nuno, my VP of basketball, will tell us that about the NBA. So where should we start? Uh, We've talked a lot of baseball today, so let's get that one done first. Uh, Hembo, five years from today, who will be the best player in baseball? Juan Soto. Not Juan Soto. Juan Soto will be the best player in baseball in five years. What you're really asking is... Who's going to be the best hitter in five years? Because you would never choose a pitcher because, you know, of injury, you know, potential. And base running and fielding and all that other stuff sort of deteriorates with age. So I'm going to opt to to select a player for whom I know is going to be a Hall of Fame hitter in five years. 
And when you look at all the statistics, all the measurables, the only players that really compare to Juan Soto and what he's done so far through the age of 22 are Ted Williams, Stan Musial, and Ty Cobb. Those are three of the 10 best hitters of all time. I'm saying Juan Soto. All right. I mean, I, I, I like it. I, that, that's not the direction I necessarily thought you would go. Would that, do you think, be the number one consensus answer? If you had a, a baseball draft, a planet Earth draft right now, and every team could take any player they want, is that the guy you think they would take? I think they would take Soto or Ronald Acuna Jr., the right fielder from the uh, Atlanta Braves. I texted Buster only before the show to sort of get his thoughts on this. He said he would go Acuna 1 and Soto 2. I just happened to favor Soto, but it's sort of a, a chocolate-vanilla situation. Yeah, well, and, and Tatis Jr., would, would he be in this discussion? Yes, he would be in the top five. The only issue with, uh, with Tatis is that he's had so many shoulder issues he's, he's hurt probably gonna have to move off a shortstop and that might be a long-term problem for him but he's also in the top five okay so five years from today we'll mark this down Juan Soto will be the best player in baseball Bubba five years from today who will be the best player in football Whew, a lot of options here um well we know Parsons is going to be the best defensive player <laughs> but I don't think he's going to be the best overall player I wanted to say Herbert at first. I was thinking he's going to be the, the best player overall, but I'm going to go with a name that you might not be thinking. And he's not even in the NFL right now. Hmm. And he's not even in college right now. But the best player is going to be Arch Manning. <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh! I so like that. Oh. I love that you gave some thought to that. I, I think that's terrific. We did the calculations. He will be in the NFL. He, so it, he is. How many more years of high school does he have? One. Yeah. He's uh, got one year of high school. Yeah. Then he would have to play three years in college. And so what you're saying is that so that's four more years. So by the fifth year, Arch Manning will be a rookie in the NFL. Yep. And you're saying right off the bat, he's going to be the best player in football. Yep. I love it. I, I Look, I mean, it's ridiculous, but I love it. Um, for those who don't know, Arch Manning is the son of Cooper Manning, who's the older brother of Peyton and Eli Manning. And he is he's a star quarterback at the same high school that all the Mannings went to in New Orleans. And people will say he's the best of them, that he is going to, he's better than Peyton was at this stage. And fairly well goes without saying Peyton turned out OK. OK, I like it. It's a creative choice by Bubba. Nuno, I'm coming to you. Five years from today, who was the best player in basketball? You're actually going to have really good options because, you know, Luca could be that guy. Uh, John Moran could be that guy. And sneakily, I think LaMelo Ball could be that guy. Um, I think Ja, because, you know, with, with Luca, I feel like, you know, he had that baby weight and I know he's lost some of that weight, but like how engaged is he going to be? I just think Ja Morant, with everything he brings, that he will be that guy five years from now. I, I like it. I mean, I think, I wonder if that would be the most popular pick. He's obviously really good. I just, Giannis is 27. And so I just was looking. So five years from now when he's in his early 30s, I think he could still be the best player. Like I've come full circle on Giannis. He, he, I, I was wrong. All the I tried to pick apart all things about Giannis for a very long. I was completely wrong. He's special, so he'd be the one guy that would kind of hold me up here. But I think Jaws a very good and interesting pick. He's just he's good and he's getting better and he's got that kind of old school. He's got kind of a hard nosed. You know, Isaiah Thomas is in the building today. Isaiah, the, 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 the Hall of Famer Isaiah Thomas, is here in the seaport. He's doing first take with Stephen A. today. John Morant has a little bit of that in him. You know, Isaiah Thomas was just nasty and mean in all the best ways. Like, just that kind of nasty disposition, you know, played with that kind of edge. 
And Jaws got a little of that, which which all sports need right now. Well, you know what? I think that is a well done job by the assembled members of the hashtag crew, even Bubba. <laughs> who did who did dedicate like 10 minutes of his day to thinking about this, which I think is delightful. All right, coming up next, the real problem with one sport today. You won't believe the numbers after this. Thanks for listening to Greeny the Podcast. You can listen live each weekday morning at 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio and see it with the video on ESPN+. Also catch Greeny on Get Up weekday mornings at 8 on ESPN and also available wherever you get your podcast.